It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. By the way, join us during the week. Fox Business, 4 to 5 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. If you can't make it at 4, just text your favorite 9-year-old, and she'll show you how to DVR the show here on radio. You can get us on the Internet, live stream us on the net, LarryCudlowShow.com, LarryCudlowShow.com, playing all around the country, around the world, throughout the solar system, and the Milky Way. All right, war and stocks, I guess, war and interest rates, I guess, war and oil prices, I guess. We've got Jack Perusian, chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Group. We've got Mike Ozanian, assistant managing editor of Forbes Media, and co-host of Forbes Sports Money TV show. That one plays on the Yes Network. Gentlemen, uh, welcome back. Uh, I don't know, Mike Ozanian, a little bump up in oil, a little bump up in oil, uh, maybe five bucks, but it's, uh, let's see, West Texas crude, I'll call it 88 bucks. Brent crude, I'll call it 91 bucks. What are you guys thinking? You guys have both been around. You've, uh, yeah, I think you'll go back to the Yom Kippur War, the Arab oil embargo. It doesn't look like that right now, but who knows? Um, lots of conflagrations in the Middle East. The Saudis versus the Iranians. Iranians are going to wind up producing more oil than the United States, the way uh, Joe Biden's going. That was a joke. But in any case, I'll start with Mike Ozanian. What does this war mean for financial markets? I think oil is going to go significantly higher, Larry. Mm. Uh, I think interest rates are going to go uh, higher. Um, And perhaps uh, I'm overly optimistic in the sense that I think at some point, and part of the reason is at some point, I think the Biden administration is going to wake up. And uh, if not fully, uh, at least uh, slowly and start moving towards the Trump policy with sanctions against Iran and oil. Uh, and, I, and I think that that's going to, at least in the short run, boost up prices because uh, our domestic ability to produce energy has been hampered so much by the Biden administration. We're no longer energy independent as we were under President Trump. So to me, uh, that, that spells higher oil prices. And while inflation uh, has not been increasing at the rate it was a year or so ago, it's still very high. And the bond market, the long bond market, while it's retreated a little bit up until a few days ago, uh, is still high. So uh, I I think that interest rates are going to stay high. I think oil prices are moving higher. You know, it's so interesting the Bidens so far, fellas, are in complete denial or lying about the sanctions, and particularly the oil sanctions, but you could add banking sanctions and business. They have relaxed the sanctions. The data show that clearly. They've got $70 billion or more in foreign exchange reserves. They had next to nothing three years ago. And the oil's gone from about 400,000 barrels to uh, 3.5 to 4 million barrels uh, I don't know what that's worth. It's sixty, seventy, eighty billion dollars. Uh, they they're in denial about that, Jack Perusian. Now, the question is, uh, maybe Mike is going to be right, and they'll come around. But you know, part of the strategy, 
besides, part of the Biden strategy, besides wanting to make a nuclear deal with Iran, which in my humble opinion is sheer insanity, I mean, they, since they want to clamp down with the Green New Deal, they want to clamp down on drilling at home, I think they're perfectly happy to have Iran produce more, even though it's a rogue state, and it now threatens uh, Israel through Hamas. So, Mr. Berujan, what do you think about this? Well, well, here's a little dirty secret, Larry. Uh, you know, I think that the Biden people are also lying to their own people, all right? You know, we are quietly quietly producing more oil than we have ever done before. You know, the question is, how much are we exporting? But but that's one thing to keep in mind. This is not 1973 anymore. Shale back then was only a dream. Right? Now we can actually take what we're producing. The only problem is that a lot of the refineries are set for, for sweet, and we produce sour. So, so the real question is, how do we convert these things, and how do we make a match-up? But as far as positioning ourselves for national security reasons, I think that, that the Biden administration has been lying to their own people. All right? I've got a feeling that there's a lot more oil out there than we think. And, and you can see some, some of the stuff that's happening. It's what we would consider to be off-plats. All right, the plats is where you'd see the reporting of the actual transaction. Anything the Russians are doing or the Iranians are doing is off plats. We don't see it. So at any given time, those transactions could be you know, maybe 50% discount to what we actually see Brent or WTI trading at. Now, having said that, all right, remember, we have seen oil going up, and this is happening with the dollar going higher. So imagine the impact to the European markets. It's one of the reasons why Europe has been getting hit so bad. So I do think that there is a lot happening there. I don't think this is 1973 unless we see it start and there's a contagion in the Middle East. Look, you know, uh, Iran is, is the wild card. If we see Hezbollah come in from the north. Uh, and, and I was just there, Larry. My wife and I just got back from Israel a week before the hostilities. We did our oh. pilgrimage, did all the holy sites. I went to the Armenian quarter, Mike. So, so I had to, to, to go see the the the, uh, the, the monastery of St. James where my parents were raised. But, but more importantly, you know, you see a country that was ready. You know, honestly, if they are mobilized, they are ready. That that, that country is set for survival. All right. And and they are going to do whatever is necessary to survive. So so having said all of that, I don't think the impact of the war is going to be nearly as great as it was in 73 or in 67 to the economies. Uh, but I do do think you, we have to watch out for it. Well, that's the thing. How do you play that? Do you get defensive? I mean, bond rates, it's interesting to me. Let's go to the bond market. Bond rates fell last week. Uh, they fell about 20 basis points. So the 10 year retreated to 460, 461, whatever. Um, I thought it was going to five, but it's retreated. Is that going to be temporary, uh, Mike Ozanian? I do. I do think it's going to be temporary. I, I, I just think that, uh, number one, uh, the amount of government spending uh, is incredibly high. And while Jack's point about the dollar, of course, is right on, the strength of the dollar certainly has gotten stronger relative to other currencies. But in terms of it actually being strong, I don't think you could have a, a truly strong dollar when you have high commodity prices. Uh, and, and in a relative sense, compared to where they were a few years ago, they're much higher. Commodities are still priced high, uh, relative, especially relative to the strength of the economy. Mm. Uh, so I look, I'll just keep this real simple. I'm a guy 
keep it simple, stupid, the old sports thing, right? A strong president gives you a strong dollar. A weak president gives you a weak dollar, ultimately. Mm-hmm. So I think we have a weak president. I think we're going to have a weak dollar relative to pricing. In other words, I'm talking about consumers actually buying goods here in this country. And I think that uh, inflation is going to be persistently high. Uh, well, that's right. I mean, Jack, inflation numbers came in this week. They were high. I mean, they're not going back to 9 or 10, but they're holding. They're very sticky at uh, 3, 4, 5. Larry, if it wasn't for what happened last week in Israel, chances are we would see the bond market be getting hit again this past week. Uh, this past week, the yeah. only reason it stopped is because there was a flight to quality. Uh, there, there was fear in the air. There, there was, well, you know, whenever there's any indecision at all financially, what you do is, you know, you, as a portfolio manager, you run to the bond market. But, but the reality is, if you look at a chart, remember we have seen that the move in that tenure it went from three thirty in April up to what four seventy. 480 just a couple of weeks ago. That is a traumatic move for a 10-year bond, all right, mm-hmm. when you look at it on a percentage scale. So the, what that tells me and what, what I said to you a few months ago on this very show is that the bond vigilantes are back. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, this administration and even the Fed are going to have huge issues because they can't control the long end of the curve. That's a great, great point. Great point. I, I, it just as an inflection point, guys, you know, you know, Fitch's downgrade of the U.S. debt on August 1st, I think that was a very key moment. You know, not in the sense that we were going to default on our debt, but, you know, as Jack was pointing out, the market's going to set the bond rate, and that's, that, that move by Fitch sent alarm bells off in the bond market. Well, the bond market, the Fed funds futures market, they're still betting on lower rates, lower target, you know, policy target rates and lower rates. But the bond market's been wrong. The futures market's been wrong. It's been wrong for, I don't know, at least a year. They keep saying the Fed's going to ease, the Fed's going to ease. I don't know if the Fed's going to ease. The Fed might tighten some more. Well, but remember what the bond market and the, and the Fed fund futures market are also telling you is that if the Fed does cut, all right, it's going to be because there is a traumatic shock to the economy. And in many ways, a lot of these bond traders are thinking that far ahead. They're looking at what's happening. These are serious headwinds. You know, you've got a Fed that's tightening. Uh, you know, you've got the, the Inflation Reproduction Act that, that's kind of taken hold of the economy here. And, and we, you know, we, we've seen the effects. And it's one of the reasons why Fitch did what they did, Michael. I mean, we all know that, right? right? Because we saw, we started seeing the effects of that. So, you know, all of that is starting to play into pricing the market. The, the Fed is going to have a real hard time they're going to be they're going to be i used to call it the landing a 747 on an aircraft carrier i think it's going to be even more difficult than that for them to get the soft landing that they desire all right take a break jack perusian chairman of the global smart commodity group mike ozanian forbes media and coast of forbes sports money on the yes network i'm kudlow we'll be right back Jack Perusian, chairman of the global smart commodity group and mike ozanian assistant managing editor of forbes media co-host of Forbes Sports Money on the Yes Network. <clears throat> I got a great one, guys. Um, Paul Krugman, a favorite. The war on inflation is over. If you take the CPI, X food, energy, shelter, and used <laughs> cars, 
It's uh, down to 2%, the Fed's target. How about that? You know, if you take everything out, there'll be no inflation at all. But the actual numbers did not show that. What do you guys make of that? This, You know, he's a very distinguished guy. He's a Nobel Prize for that. Fabulous stuff. Go ahead. Take wow. a whack at it, Mike Ozanian. I, well, I would say this, uh, Mr. Krugman. You know, I'm looking at uh, MasterCard, right? And I'm looking at these credit card rates. So mm-hmm. you're now, if you're carrying in uh, debt on your credit card, you're now paying over 28% interest, over mm-hmm. 28%. Hmm. In August, just going back a couple months, it was below 23%, right? So think about that. Like, that's what I'm talking about. When I say inflation relative to how people actually live every day and Hmm. uh, not how Mr. Krugman would define it, where you don't buy anything or live in a house (laughs) or anything like that. I mean, we've seen a huge, huge drop in existing home sales uh, and – you know, right now, it's going to be very tough because we're now in contraction territory and bank lending. So uh, all of these things make life a lot harder and a lot more expensive. Yeah, I'm looking uh, the CPI the last three months, 4.9% at an annual rate. That includes food and energy, which is what people buy. Last three months. Then if I want to play a little game, I can take services, and I'll take energy out of services. I don't know why, but that's what Jay Powell looks at. Last three months, 5.4% at an annual rate. And uh, Jack Bruzen, besides that, last three months, wholesale prices, uh, PPI, 7.7 at an annual rate. 0.5 in September, 0.7 in August, 0.6 in July. 7.7% at annual rate. Now, I would say that's moving in the wrong direction, Mr. Berusian. Well, and, and you, you would be absolutely right, sir. And, and the reality is this. Uh, you know, it's not input costs. You know, we were worried about what was happening to commodities a year ago. Well, if you look at the commodity markets now, you know, soybeans are no longer in the teens. Right, that was the, the big story. Was beans in the teens, and we saw them going up to fifteen dollars a bushel. Well, you know, now they're back down to twelve. Corn is back down to levels that were pre-pandemic. A lot of these commodities have come down to where they were before the shock. So, what what is really causing all this? Well, it, it's wages. Wages are very mm-hmm. sticky. We're seeing all of this trade union mentality start to creep back into the wage force, and worse yet, we've got a president that's taken sides. All right, he's basically taken sides. Who, what president has gone to a union site on behalf of strikers ever in the history of this country? All right, and yet we just saw Biden do that. So what does that tell you? He is going to be pushing for higher wages, for higher inflationary pressure. That's where it's coming from. That's the sticky part of the equation that people seem to be missing. And I think our president seems to be missing it most importantly. Mike, uh, Mike Ozanian, what do you do with the stock market now? Well, I, I'll tell you one thing. I think I would play the big increase in uh, credit card interest debt. I, I love MasterCard. I mean, MasterCard's earning over 22% on its assets right now. It, it's, 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 coin, it's got a license to coin money. And as you guys know, consumer discretionary spending has actually been one of the bright spots in the economy. So you got consumers spending more, putting more on their credit card, and and the credit card companies charging more. So I so I think that's that's a good play for investors. 
And going back to the top of this discussion about oil and so forth, you know, where I think oil is going, which is higher, uh, is perhaps not perhaps not the consensus. So a lot, some of these oil companies now are, are great value plays. I love Exxon. Exxon is selling for less than nine times earnings, and, and you get a dividend yield just under 4%. So I like Exxon as well. Exxon bought Pioneer. What does that mean? <laughs> that means they're, they're, they're looking for more scale. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, I mean, when you generate the amount of cash that, that, that Exxon does, you know, it gives you an advantage. And I think that that's one of the things we're seeing with Pioneer. Darren Woods, he's sticking with fossil fuels. It's fascinating to me. He's making a big bet, long-run fossil fuels. Going to overturn Joe Biden's Green New Deal. That's the way I read it. I know the guy. He's an old-line oil guy. You know, Exxon will remain Exxon. I think that's pretty cool. Anyway, stocks will remain stocks. Jack Berusian will remain Jack Berusian. He's the chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Group. And Mike Ozanian, uh, Forbes Media and Sports Money on the S Network. I'm Kudlow, folks. A brief break. And on the other side, Liz Peek and Steve Moore talk some money and some politics. Please stick around. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. 